Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday morning to everyone. It's bright and early, and I've had way too much coffee. Hi, Steve. (laughs) Hello, Peter. Good morning, guys. I still need a little more coffee myself. (laughs) Andy, are you still recuperating from your your big production that that wrapped? Is it taking you a week to get caught up? 
Uh, it uh, no, it it uh, it was fine. But then yesterday I was uh, on another shoot, and it was a a fantastic one where we we don't make any money on it, but we do it because we're making we're making drink recipes all day, and then so basically we make drink recipes and we. Oh, drink so all day. so Andy's hungover this morning, so that's like, oh, woe is me! I'm hungover that from right. work. <laughs> feel pity for me this horrible job that we have to do work. for free yeah the rest of us drink for free too andy we don't complain about it <laughs> we do it in the dark alone like normal people andy uh, you guys seen anything uh anything good anything good that we can talk about that we're not talking about on a show tonight yeah i i finally uh saw phantom thread catching up on my oscar yeah oscar list and i i wasn't sure because uh pt anderson there he has not impressed me with his last couple of films with the master and i i haven't seen inherent vice but i heard it was not that great uh but this one was uh i figured working with daniel day lewis there'll be something and i it's one i want to see again because there's a lot going on but uh the score Johnny Greenwood's score is just amazing. It this really feels like a film of that era. Daniel Day Lewis just has this really solid performance that just pulls you in to who he is. And there's a lot going on with the characters that I think it's worth revisiting to really look at this relationship and some of the, the ways that it develops over the story. So definitely one I, I recommend checking out if you get a chance to see it. Yeah, it's high on my list of stuff to catch up with because it's, uh, you know, Oscar nominee all over the place. But uh, I just haven't had a chance to get out and see Well, if anything. you'd stop drinking all and, the time, uh, maybe you could get out <laughs> there. Maybe it's because you're a big lush. <laughs> right. You think there, that, that plays a part in it? I don't know. Uh, it could. It could. <laughs> <laughs> or just quit your job. Apparently that's getting in the way. <laughs> I, it is. It really is. I just need to leave work so that I can just go watch movies all the time. That's the answer, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have a rogue Bluetooth speaker that that won't turn off, and it's actually talking. Can you guys hear that? Nope. <laughs> Is Alexa ch- joining us from the background there? And she's British. Oh. <laughs> I'm activated. Ready for action. <laughs> oh my goodness, Pete. That's my that's my jaw, jawbone jam box, and the the power button is rusted, and so I, I've been listening to it in the middle of the night. It's it starts talking, and she says, "I'm ready for action in the dark in, that, in my house, like screaming." Hello, I'm ready for action. Okay, now, see, yeah. if it was if that it was a man, well, British well, woman. I'd say if it was a man, you'd worry about Liam Neeson being in there to take you out or something like that. <laughs> so uh i i all i've seen is um is black panther this week that's the only thing i managed to i managed to see but of course we're going to talk about it tonight so i don't want to spoil it too much or, or not at all because i haven't seen it yet so oh, just right. Stop. oh right so there's you're, not you're at 12 all hours. i didn't really you're off by 12 hours an option 12 hours Pete. You've got 12 hours you gotta hold on here I, I'll, I'll hold it yeah. in uh you know i i will say just just as a non-spoiler about uh about at least where you choose to see okay. it steve because mm-hmm. uh, i went and saw it last night uh at the amc near my work and um as the as the end credits started rolling some of the end credits i i I realized like when Andy Serkis's mm-hmm. name popped up, half of his name was cut off of the screen. 
And so it made me realize that the presentation oh I was my watching, gosh. like information was being lost on my screen and I didn't realize it through the course of the You only film, saw so, 80% of the um, movie because you just lost. It. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I know. I, I, know. I, I don't. Yeah. So just so, so be forewarned. So be, I don't. I don't know if that means you have to go see an IMAX. I really don't uh, know, uh, but it was, uh, it, or if I just had a crappy presentation. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll, I make sure to grill the projectionist before I go in. To say, hey, I need to make Dude. sure. I've heard rumors, shoddy work in this theater, and <laughs> I, I, de- I demand for my eight dollars <laughs> that you go above and beyond for me right now. Um, okay, exactly. And, and you know, according to uh, uh, if you read any of the the you know material about the movie you might be surprised to know that it's full of black people uh and that i think maybe <laughs> that seems to be the only thing that the media wants to talk about so i think you should be ready oh no full of black people if you go to black panther looking for white people you'll be disappointed <laughs> It is full. You'll find Martin Freeman. <laughs> you will find Martin Freeman. <laughs> yes. The token okay. white guy. Yes. I, and Andy Serkis. I Circus. just love being able to say that now. We, we now officially have a token <laughs> white guy. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to talk about this movie more. Okay. Right. Uh, I I, uh, I don't have anything, any other news. Do you guys have any other news to talk about? Should, can, we get, can we get right into it? Into trailers? Let's get right into it. I want to do Andy's trailer first. Do you want to do Andy's trailer first? But I do. Okay, I do. Go. Even though, uh, no, no. even though, Steve, I will have to say, you actually, you actually, uh, I, this was one of those events where last night, late at night, I picked your trailer, oh. but forgot to write it down because I was going to sleep, and then you stole it from me first thing this morning. So, no, no, no. bully to you, sir. I stole it. Uh, the... Even though, even though he's got the A twenty four. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I totally spaced no, that. A, you're right. No, it's okay. It's okay. No, no, no eleven forty one p.m. I did not steal it hey. this morning. I stole it late last night, probably while you were sleeping. So that's I nice. go to sleep at seven forty five. Steve, how are you recording the show tonight? Then? I take my medicines and then I go to sleep. Look, let's A twenty four rule uh, actually trumps all. I completely forgot okay. about that. That's Andy. okay. Thank you, uh, gentlemen's rules. Right. Nice transition yeah. for you know old men that go to bed at 7 p.m. because this is <laughs> this is the last movie star starring Burt Reynolds as a really old guy. Uh, an aging movie star forced to face the reality that his glory days are behind him. Uh, I thought this was kind of humorous because it said like Burt Reynolds big comeback and I thought that's like his third comeback because he had uh, Boogie Nights in 1997 which was like the big Burt Reynolds comeback and as I was searching I saw that in 1987 they were also proclaiming it as a, a big comeback from Burt Reynolds uh, with uh, I think it was Cop and a Half and Heat that he did in, <laughs> was a great which comeback. did not go well for him and apparently the 97 comeback didn't stick either so here's the, the last attempt to make a big comeback but uh this one caught my eye because of Chevy Chase and and Burt Reynolds, but also so you've got that generation, but you've got sort of this younger generation present with Ariel Winter and Clark Duke and whether you are excited about it or not, Eller Coltrane. But this is uh, written and directed by Adam Rifkin, who wrote Mouse Hunt and Small Soldiers, which I thought that seems like an odd jump to go from sort of like family silly comedy to this little you know sort of more serious heavier drama about you know an aging star and looking back on his life and i think we may start to see more of these films i don't know if any of you remember 
Al Pacino in 2015's Danny Collins. It's like the baby boomers are dealing with this. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm getting older looking back on my life. Uh, but, you know, at A24, Burt Reynolds, I think we haven't seen him in a long time. I'm very intrigued by what he's going to bring to this role. And uh, I'm. this is one that I think may have something interesting to say, I think there, it also appeals to me because of sort of the the insidery movie side of it. I'm, you know, lots of opportunities for you know movie making jokes and things like that. So, I'm looking forward to this one. It's uh, scheduled for a March 30th uh, release date. Yeah, you forgot the, to mention that uh, that um, Burt Reynolds' other comeback uh, that was discussed was when he was in striptease mm. just a few years that's right that was, that was okay that was there we go one, there, yeah. There, yeah he just you know on a cycle of forever <laughs> cycle of, he's like a zombie exactly. he just won't go well, away he just won't die you can't put him down <laughs> i i think this this has a great feel to it and it's definitely a it seems to be a trend you know getting older actors in these sorts of movies where they reminisce about their their lives uh peter o'toole just did it like uh 12 years ago with venus uh and it's it's just one of those things it's it's a type of movie that i think does draw older actors to play because i think they're in a stage in their life where they're looking back anyway and then to kind of have a role that kind of just fits all of that i think it just it's a natural fit and i think Seeing Burt Reynolds in there doing this, I think, uh, looks great. Seeing Chevy Chase in there was a little bit of a surprise, too, kind of popping up. But, um, yeah, I think this looks interesting. I'm very curious about it. And the A24 mark always uh, piques my curiosity. I, I'm with you. I thought it was really funny to see uh, Ariel Winter uh, in this movie because we're, well, we're binging back seasons of Modern Family with my uh, with my kids now. And she's uh, a fantastic uh character on that uh, on that film or in that show and uh she does not play anything like that character in this movie (laughs) no she's going against Uh, us delighted to see her there so uh yeah i i'm i'm with you i think this looks great and i i i I couldn't tell is this a movie that is a a little bit too meta for its own good or is it going to be something that's really uh um really a great homage for uh for burt reynolds so we'll see okay andy well i guess i should go next pete since you uh you already wanted to go first oh yeah so my trailer is, uh, it's a film that is called, uh, well, I guess it's, it might now just be called Guernsey, but the original title and the, I, I guess, still official title in some parts of the world is the fantastically uh, curious, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society, which, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a British film. And I guess it's kind of a, a historical drama that Mike Newell is directing. And it's got Lily James in it as this as this author who, uh, you know, it's it's during World War Two and she's trying to kind of find the right story to tell and write a book that that is going to uh, do something and say something. And she she hears about this little society of of these of these people who, uh, you know, it's a book club, basically. And and she kind of tracks them down and and learns about them. And, and through them, she it looks like she kind of grows and and you know, learns to find herself as an author while potentially falling in love and getting this really interesting story about this quirky little group that's called the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. And she even gets to try potato peel pie. And, you know, it just had this this really kind of quirky uh, biopic sort of feel. 
Um, I don't think it's an actual biopic. I think it's uh, it's historical fiction, but it just has that feel of that type of story. And um, it's the sort of British film where I kind of question if it's going to actually make a mark in the United States or if it's just going to really kind of be, a, you know, a, a quiet little British film. Um, but still, just watching the trailer, I, it just really the quirkiness of kind of that that uh, historical drama and uh, romance and everything. It still clicked with me and I just had a really great time watching this trailer. So plus the title, uh, I'm always for really quirky titles, even though I know uh, the marketing teams always hate them and try to you know drop the rest of it to just the one word like Guernsey because it's just too weird and people are just going to see that and just not want to go because they don't understand what it's saying. So, um, but I find it really curious and it piques my curiosity. What do you guys think? If they want it to be really successful here, they just market it as an unintentional sequel to Darkest Hour and just let people assume that Lily James, her character from Darkest Hour is, is Winston Churchill's secretary, has now become an author after World War II and that this is just a, <laughs> a, a sequel. Uh, I too like the long quirky titles. I think maybe they ran out of room on the poster because during the trailer it said like from the producers of the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel and I don't think you could put Guernsey Literary and Petite Appeal Pie Society Best Exotic Marigold Hotel on one poster at all and still have room for anything else. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. But this this see, is one of those. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to find an audience in theaters, but this is one of those ones that I always look forward to seeing and I, I'll wait to see it at home. But it's just has that feel good vibe to it of just quirky fun characters a little bit of romance a little bit of history nothing too heavy but just light and entertaining and i'm uh the fact that it's based on a novel gives me some hope that okay this this is a well thought out and plotted story that it, it's got something to say and it's going to get us there that uh i always sort of fault on that when i'm looking at some of these smaller films is this just an idea that was executed by some writer of like i have this quirky idea with this funny title or is there actually some substance to it so i'm hoping for the, the substance and i you know director mike newell you know have always enjoyed his work so looking forward to this one I don't know anything about that uh, or anything that Andy said because I was completely uh, obsessed by this because it looks so much like a, the generic trailer from like the original release of iMovie. Like this is the template <laughs> that you you put your family video clips in and the music is as absolutely generic as it comes. <laughs> and I watched this. I was like, oh, this is a two-person medium shot. Put your two-person medium shot here. This is a extreme close-up. Put your extreme close-up here. So I was, it, this is, it was... <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, I, I this was this was that trailer. So in terms of it being a textbook for how to create a a, a completely textbook trailer, I think they, they nailed it. Um, uh, I'm I'm with you. It's a book about or it's a movie about writers and and uh, writing and people who appreciate books. I get very excited about that. So I I think it's going to be very sweet. It reminds me of you know some of my uh, my favorite uh, uh, yeah, other quiet movies you know room with a view quiet movies uh, so I'm, I'm I think this one is this one I might end up liking and it's gen completely generic trailer and it's full of white people it's full of <laughs> British white people so it is full if you are a black person 
beware of the Guernsey Before. Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. It's full of colonizers. That's that's I <laughs> think that that's what we need to call it. Now. Black Panther has changed everything. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like this is really releasing uh, at least in some parts of the world, Australia and the UK and New Zealand. Uh, around April 20th, uh, and then Germany, August 16th. Those are the only countries right now that have release dates. It might end up being the case. I don't know if it's going to end up... Uh, it doesn't seem necessarily like the sort that's going to get a U.S. release date, but uh, you never know. Anyway, that's the movie. My uh, my trailer... I, let me just say this before, before I start. I really like Stargate, the movie. And so um, I am able to forgive... A, a lot of things that Dean Devlin has done. Uh, this is a Dean Devlin movie. Uh, he is directing a, a screenplay by Brandon Boyce, and it is called Bad Samaritan. Now, I didn't pick it because of Dean Devlin. I would never do that. But uh, I am picking it because uh, it stars David Tennant and Robert Sheehan. Uh, I like both of these gentlemen quite a lot. And this looks like a really interesting thriller that could completely come off the rails at the hands of Dean Devlin. I don't know. I'm rolling the dice. The story is of a couple of burglars who happen to uh, you know, steal a car. Uh, they're playing um, valet drivers, uh, pretending to be valet drivers, and they steal a car and go to the guy's house uh, That it, while he is eating a salad and discover that he's actually a, a horrific person who has kidnapped uh, somebody in and uh, they have to figure out what to do now that they know that. Uh, it looks like uh, there's some good thriller action going on in here. David Tennant uh, is uh, actually, um, uh, he looks pretty darn spooky. Uh, and so, I, you know, I have this feeling that there's a, uh, there's a chance this could be a really uh, interesting, uh, interesting little film. Robert Sheehan is uh, formerly of uh, one of my very favorite British shows, Misfits. He played Nathan Young, uh, one of the young superpower peopled, superpowered people. Uh, uh, in that uh, show, which you can find on Hulu, I believe, if you are interested. But he's been in a lot of other stuff. Uh, nothing that I've really seen or is particularly interesting. Uh, uh, so uh, there you have it. it what do you guys think? Am I am I giving Dean Devlin too much uh, credit early, this early? Dean Devlin, uh, yeah, he's been a very, very mixed bag I think, as far as films of his that I've actually enjoyed which I, I would say is is very few um, and and I mean he, really it's mostly just him as a producer I don't think he's really uh, in fact I think Geostorm was the first thing he actually directed um, I Geostorm you know, let's just this, say Geostorm was terrible <laughs> oh my god it was so bad What's funny about Devlin is like looking through his body of work, you know, most of the films are, are films that I'd say, okay, it's bad, but fun. Like Universal Soldier, bad, but fun. Stargate, unfortunately, I hardly remember that movie. I know I saw it. Independence Day, I didn't like. Godzilla, I hated. The Patriot, I hated. Weirdly enough, Eight-Legged Freaks <laughs> is the one that stands out to me as the one I really ended up enjoying. <laughs> <laughs> in a really bad B movie sort of way, but yes, that movie uh, was really yes. aware of itself, though. And I don't—I'm it not sure that that some of his other movies are as aware of it, of themselves. So I don't think so. And maybe that's the problem. Yeah. If he's making them where they're aware of themselves, and maybe Geostorm wasn't enough aware of itself. I don't know. Oh my goodness! But anyway, yeah. 
the this the trailer though i mean it has uh, it looks interesting it looks like something that i would enjoy i think david tennant uh is really great when he's super creepy um and it, but it has that feel where it's going to be something like don't breathe or something like um oh, what was the the uh, um, rear window remake with shia labeouf uh disturbant disturbia yeah. oh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You know, it has that same sort of vibe. And yeah. um, so I think it could be fun. It certainly looks just kind of like a fun uh, B thriller and something that I'd be interested in. So at this point, I'd say, sure, give Dean Devlin the credit. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I, I, this is such oh. an interesting concept. That, I mean, the setup and everything looks is so, yes, this is exciting. And then it just goes off into this is what you've seen in dozens of other films and i thought oh it's so had such potential in its initial concept that the trailer sets up of you know the the valets that you know as they go to park the car they're going to these people's homes and he finds himself in this situation i'm like okay great but then it's just oh now we're gonna have david Tennant have just be creepy and then he becomes like the all-knowing all-powerful sort of villain that can find people anywhere and can you know i just uh, i want this to be more like grounded in it would be creepier if it was more realistic and that's what i was hoping for especially out of david Tennant, that he doesn't just become the i'm an evil bad guy out to get you Mm -hmm. so i yeah thanks pete yeah no, you know what it is, Steve. I feel like, uh, but this is one of those movies where it, it, if you like the people in it, if you find that you are you have an affinity to, to them, you'll you'll forgive a lot of the uh, other nonsense. I think, to your point, though, this could be the other iMovie generic trailer. Yes. You know how to make a thriller trailer? Yeah. Like there's <laughs> it, 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 close up with the you know suspect and the you know victim in the same shot, but they don't know they're together. You know those kinds of things. Like I I don't know I. I I feel like this is I could have a lot of fun with this because I like those two people in particular and uh, I I worry about the David Tennant bit too because you know he's really fantastic please don't don't go down this road. Yeah, I was just waiting for the moment when you know to distract the you know David Tennant the back and be like watch out there's a geo storm and then run the other way that's that's how you get away from this guy. It turns out that all, I don't know if you knew this, all Dean Devlin same movies universe? are in the same yes. universe. It's the Dean Devlin cinematic universe. I'm waiting for Geostorm uh, versus Godzilla I would through love. the Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's right. They all actually. That is something yeah. worth thinking about. No, is it? Oh, I don't oh, know. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. I, I think so. <laughs> I want to see how the Patriot oh, no, no. When, when, when the aliens arrive <laughs> to blow up the Stargate, the Geostorm brings in Godzilla, and it's just that. Those are the types of movies that, you know, sci-fi should be doing. That We don't need more Sharknados. We need the Dean Devlin cinematic universe there. That's. Don't worry, Steve. Independence Day 3 is coming. <sighs> okay. <laughs> don't you dare use those oh, no. foul words with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Let's do lists. Uh, Let's do it. Andy, would you like to give us a recap? So, yes, uh, our movie this week is uh, is the fantastic George Roy Hill film, Thoroughly Modern Millie, which takes place in 1922. And so for our list this week, we decided, hey... Let's let's do something really, really generic, which allows for a lot of options, which is why we went generic, even though you guys gave me nothing but grief for it. 
And we, I'm, I'm, we, I'm still waiting. For I, movies set in the 20s that were made outside of Yay! Baghdad. I fact-checked you, and pretty, you're accurate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say the oh, 1920s. Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh, I forgot about all those movies set in the 1520s. Set in the 1620s, <laughs> right? Exactly. Okay. Uh, well, uh, keeping with our Keep, official order, yeah? I think... What? I think you should kick it off, but first, I think you should say, what list were you thinking? Was it opium dens? It involves opium dens or any white slavery movies or like, really, I mean, I, I, my entire interest was to take this movie, which I really enjoyed and go dark with it, like go completely dark with it. And all the, all of my lists were terrible, like just about terrible people. So uh, I think we actually did fine. I think we did fine. What this world doesn't need more of right now is more white slavery. Because, <laughs> hey, <laughs> forget about other slaves. Let's right. focus on, on the, the white, white slavery movies. I, I, that is, uh, that's the truth. Oh. That is the truth. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, well, then I'm going to go ahead and do my first. And, and I'm just going to get it out of the way because I know it's not, uh, it's a movie that, uh, it, it, Andy, you're not a huge fan of. There is some controversy about the filmmaker, but I have to tell you, uh, I have a delightful time with Woody Allen's Midnight in Paris, 2011 comedy, fantasy comedy film uh, that sends uh, uh, the uh, the lovable uh, Gil Pender, uh, played by Owen Wilson, back in time to the 1920s. And I I have a great time with this movie. I don't care what y'all say. Uh, I think Owen Wilson is is terrific uh, with Kathy Bates and Adrian Brody and Carla Bruni and uh, Marion Cotillard and Rachel McAdams. And I, they're just great. It's a charming little film and I really enjoy it. There you go. So fie on you. Well, I'm glad you love it. Steve, what are your thoughts on that one? Meh. Yeah. No, oh, right. no I just, <laughs> really? yeah, I just, I, and it may have been a case of where it was just hyped so much that it was, my expectations exceeded what the film was capable of. But I, it just, uh, yeah, I, Woody Allen is very, very hit or miss for me. There's some that I enjoy. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of his work and I feel like he's, I don't know, writing movies for a different era. And it just, I don't know who his audience is and that, eh, Owen Wilson has, yeah, he's okay. And it just, yeah, it, it didn't interest me. So I, I, as I was researching this, I'm like, oh, great. He can wave his little midnight in Paris flag. <laughs> Ooh, ah, great. <laughs> Hopefully I'll, I'll get go. it out of the way first. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Yeah, there you go. Well, and I knew it wouldn't be coming yeah, off of Yeah, yeah list, right. So. There's no risk <laughs> yeah. of that one <laughs> being stolen. Too. Yeah. All right, Steve, what's your Okay, uh, first so my choice? first choice is a film that... Uh, I, I dug back deep into the archives of my memories for this one. And it was one that I remember uh, seeing. Oh, gosh, must have been about 17 years ago. Uh, this is uh, Cat's Meow, which is the semi-true story of the Hollywood murder that occurred at a star-studded gathering aboard William Randolph Hearst's yacht in 1924. This is directed by Peter Bogdanovich and stars Kirsten Dunst, Edward Herman, Eddie Izzard, Carrie Elwes, Joanna Lumley, and Jennifer Tilly. And I remember I haven't even heard oh, no. of and that I, movie. I remember seeing this because I saw it here at the Phoenix Film Festival. It must have been in one of the first couple of years that the festival was it around. Was. And it was it was Kirsten Dunn's career was at a very exciting point at that at that time. And it just you listen to that cast. And it's one that I thought about. I haven't seen that in a while. It's it was I remember enjoying it a lot. It's not one that I've 
you know, expecting to chart really, really high on my flick chart when I revisit it. But it was one that I remember having some clever moments and really enjoying and thought, this is one that's uh, worth a rewatch. So I'm going to put it on my list to, to bring it back around. And one that I thought a lot of people probably haven't heard of, but you hear these names and say, this is a talented cast. This, this can't be that bad. And I, I would say, yeah, worth checking out. It really was an interesting film. It's not one that that uh, that I've ever felt the draw to go rewatch, but I do remember also seeing it at the film festival there, and I just I don't know there. And it just had kind of this this sense about it that still sticks with me. So I really did enjoy that one. That's a great pick. I can't believe I've never heard of it. I, I seriously haven't because because uh, you need to stop. No re- you need to stop rewatching Stargate and go watch other things. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the ones that I have on DVD where you have to flip it to get oh to part two. Oh my god! No, yeah, oh, what? It's wow. a side A, side B DVD. Yeah, what? Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. one of the That's very, very yeah, first. Man. Yep. All right. Well, my uh, my first choice is uh, is a fantastic musical, just in the vein of of the musicals we've been discussing that came out in two thousand two. It's Rob Marshall's Chicago. Which um, I didn't know. I knew it was a musical, but I didn't really know anything about the musical. Um, and uh, and I know we went and saw it at uh, I, I can't remember if it was a preview screening or it was just like the opening weekend or something in a limited release. But I just remember um, just kind of being blown away by the story, by the the singing and dancing, and and just the the vibe that the whole movie had. Uh, Renee Zellweger, Catherine Zeta-Jones, just uh, I thought just did an amazing job with their parts, and Richard Gere was just fantastic. Especially, uh, you know, the song where he's singing about the gun and everything was just uh, I just it was so much fun with that. And then, of course, there's uh, you've got um, uh, just the the rest of the cast, everybody else that's in there. Um, it's just it's a really great group of people. John C. Riley, uh, I thought was a, a really uh, fun bit, and Queen Latifah was in there. I think that. Um, uh, this just stood as something that that came out that really surprised me and showed that, hey, musicals, you can still do some great stuff with musicals. Um, and the fact that it's kind of this 1920s Chicago, um, just I thought it was great. So that's my first choice, Chicago. And our first steal. Woohoo! That was going to be my next pick. Yeah, well done. Uh, I, I love that movie. What a fantastic, uh, fantastic selection. And um, yeah, Richard Gere was a surprise. No, but everybody else yeah, was great really in was. that movie, but Richard Gere was a surprise. So uh, that was terrific. Uh, all right. My next pick uh, is another one in that same vein, although uh, not a musical. It, it's just one of those movies that I felt like everyone brought such an A game. This is Richard Attenborough's Chaplin uh, from 1992 that tells a story uh, of uh, Charlie Chaplin, the good Charles Chaplin, played by Robert Downey Jr. This is one that surprised me. I did not think that, uh, I did not go into this thinking that Robert er, Downey Jr. could pull off uh, such uh, a well-invested performance in such an iconic character as Charlie Chaplin. And I think he did a terrific job also starring Dan Aykroyd. Geraldine Chaplin was in it. Uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins, Mila Jovovich was in it. Moira Kelly, love Moira Kelly, Kevin Kline, Diane Lane. Uh, It's just a fantastic, uh, massive, fantastic cast. And uh, this is one that has held up very, very well for me. Great choice. And that was a, it was a real surprise with, uh, uh, with Robert Downey Jr. in that. That was his big comeback. (laughs) 
That's right. <laughs> and then what, what was his next uh, Iron one? Man. It, uh, yeah. Iron Man. <laughs> exactly. This this was the, hey, everybody, I'm off drugs. Look at me. I'm coming back as a serious actor. And Look I, what yeah. I can do sober. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, Steve, what's your next one? This is a, a story of four women in the 1920s from England who leave their rainy gray environments to go on a holiday in Italy. This is Enchanted April, directed by Mike Newell, starring Miranda hey, Richardson, hey, hey. Polly Walker, Joan Plowright, Alfred Molina, and Jim Broadbent. And this is one of those that was it came out sort of in that whole Merchant Ivory era where I think a lot of people just assumed it was a Merchant Ivory pick after like Room with a View and and all of that. <clears throat> and uh it sort of just has that that feel because you're, you know, again. It's a period piece, but this was one that I thought just had a, as I remember, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but just had something very entertaining about it with these four, these four women, because they don't all get along. And so there was some humorous moments between them as they sort of feel each other out and get to know and understand each other with their various backgrounds. And it's one that, uh, yeah, it's one of those pieces that I think if you like the Merchant Ivory type films, this is one, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's one that I've I've had kind of in the back of my mind as something that I want to check out one day. I've never gotten around to it, though. So uh, it's nice mm-hmm. seeing it pop up again. Maybe I will finally get it on my list of things to watch. So my next one, I'm going I'm going big and I'm going classic with this one. Uh, uh, I'm looking. Uh, I can feel <laughs> it. Potentially oh, another still I here. I feel uh, it. This is uh, the uh, one of just my favorites. Uh, Billy Wilder's brilliant uh, 1959 film, Some Like It Hot. Uh, takes place in 1929. Uh, Marilyn Monroe, Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon. Uh, just, it's always been just one of my favorites. It's just such an incredible story. It's just a, a great cast. Great, uh, just the the film just works so well. The comedy is uh, at peak performance with all of these guys. Um, and the fact that it's black and white, I think, works really well. I know uh, Marilyn Monroe had a contract that said her films had to be in color. But then I guess when she saw the the color film tests of of Curtis and Lemon in their makeup, and she everyone just agreed that they looked really horrible in color. They she said uh, black and white's fine. Uh, that just cracks me up. This this movie I think is brilliant, and so that's my next choice. Some like it hot. Man, you're gonna make me go back to a, another Woody Allen. Pick, no, Andy. oh gosh, Andy, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, no, this I, is on. This is on you. This, no, this is. Uh, I just well, I, I looked when I looked. It, what the options were i'm like well i'm staying away f- actually andy both years i was like well i know somebody's gonna take those and uh yeah. so they, they would have been on my list but i knew these are obvious picks and if some like it hot was one i remember always hearing a lot of things about it and i didn't see it till i don't know sometime after college and it was one where i had just always heard it as being oh, wow. this great comedy classic and i was like oh can it live up to the hype is it going to and just you know oh my gosh such a such a great film so glad you you put it on your list. I'm not as glad. <laughs> <laughs> but Pete, that gives you the chance to discuss this next film with us. This next film. Is... Do you, do you, do you, any guesses? Any guesses, Andy? Huh? Do you have any guesses, <laughs> you rat? Well, in Stargate, don't they go back to the 20s in Stargate? Isn't there part of it? No, I, I have one. Okay. I have one. Uh, and I actually uh, deeply enjoy this movie, and so uh, I'm I will use this as my number one pick uh, to bid you all good night, you princes of Maine, you kings of New England. Uh, this is the Cider House Rules, directed by Lassa Hallstrom, uh, uh, written by um, 
uh, based on the book, I should say, by John Irving. Uh, and it stars uh, Tobey Maguire and uh, Charlize Theron and Paul Rudd and Delroy Lindo and the fantastic Michael Caine. It is a wonderful uh, cast. Uh, and, uh, you know, great music by Rachel Portman. It tells a very, very sweet story. I think it's much more in the vein of your pick, that en- Enchanted April sort of uh, Merchant Ivory kind of vibe to it. But uh, uh, it-, it tells a-, a wonderful story of an orphan growing up in a Maine orphanage. Uh, and I I was really attached to this movie. And so there you go. Cider House Rules. That was a, a really touching film. And uh, for some reason, I thought I... I-, I- I think it takes place over a chunk of it time because yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, at the end of it, he goes off to World War II. Yeah. And that's why I was like, gosh, I can't remember if it takes place in the 20s. But I, I had it on my list of things that might work, but uh, I couldn't remember exactly. But uh, yeah, that film really um, got to me too. And Delroy Lindo, for me, really was kind of the, the uh, surprise, one of the just absolute highlights yeah. in that film. His, I just felt he really, um, like the his arc in that film was really powerful. I think actually all of my movies take place at only in part in the 1920s. I don't have anything that actually takes place entirely in the 1920s. So, yeah. So Pete picks a movie. It's like, oh, there's a flashback for 30 seconds in the 20s. I'll put it on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, hey, somebody's <laughs> got to break the damn rules. I got stolen twice, Steve. Wow, I'm I'm avoiding the obvious ones, and uh, well, we'll see where Andy goes with his last one. But I, so I, I'm trying to pick films where I know I'm not stealing. Uh, so I, I challenged myself. So I, I dig into the deep cuts like 2008's Changeling, which was Angelina Jolie as a woman who, uh, whose boy goes missing and the police find her son and she says, no, 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 this is not, not my kid. Uh, directed by Clint Eastwood, uh, Angelina Jolie and John Malkovich. It's an interesting sort of like little psychological film. I think they tried to market it as a, as a little bit more of like a, a thriller and it's there's nothing sinister with the kid, but it just really gets into questions of authority. And when the authorities say something is true, um, you know, what does that do to just regular typical members of the public when we're subject to their authority? Uh, ultimately, she gets, you know, they think she's crazy. She's a horrible mother. All the blame on her trying to cover up the mistakes the police made. It's something that I think it got a lot of attention when it first came out, but I think has been forgotten and is definitely one that's uh, worth re- rediscovering. Nice job, Steve. I uh, the, All three of your movies I need to, I, I'm putting back on my list. Uh, Enchanted April, I know, but Cats Meow and Changeling, totally new to me. Uh, the Changeling was one that um, sometimes Clint Eastwood's films, they... they they uh i watched them and i'm like eh, okay you know it, it kind of worked but it didn't really uh draw me in that's where the changeling okay. fell for me i thought it was pretty interesting but um but it never pulled me in as much as i was hoping but still i did think there were some pretty standout performances in that film so yeah. to that end i would say uh solid pick well uh you're talking about obvious choices and i feel like uh you know i certainly went with some in uh, my particular uh, run here and this this last one is perhaps the most obvious choice of them all. wait wait can we all say it at the uh, same time <laughs> if you'd like to uh, okay do i need to count or anything are you going to throw in a drum roll or something i, I don't have that set do up right now i just okay. i just want to see right, if we're we ready right okay. if we all if we're okay. all thinking of the on, same thing right we'll do one two three okay. go ready one, one two, two three, three. The Great Gatsby. What? <laughs> Singing in the rain. Great Gatsby. Citizen Kane. No, I, no. Uh, no, well, 
<laughs> that was fantastic. So, I didn't pick Citizen Kane because it's not completely in the. Well, it makes sense so why it's was, on Pete's list because there's like why it's on my exactly because he he was all over the place. Oh my and, gosh! And I didn't pick The Great Gatsby because as much as I really love that novel. Um, I really didn't like Baz Luhrmann's version. I thought it just was a complete snoozer, as beautiful as it was. And I still haven't seen the, uh, oh, the okay. uh, Redford version. Oh, okay. so. All right. Uh, so no. there you go. Singing in the Rain. No, that, that's a great pick also. <laughs> awesome. Again, going back to musicals and everything. Yeah. Um, I, I This is just, I think, one of the all-time classics. It's just brilliant. Everybody needs to watch it. It takes place in the late 20s when Hollywood is making this, uh, this awkward transition from silent films into talkies. And you get just some of the all-time best uh, singing and dancing. And rain. And, and performances. And <laughs> the best rain. <laughs> Oh, it's just fantastic. This is just absolutely one of my favorites. So that's my final pick, Singing in the Rain. And I'm glad that you guys didn't think that's what it was. That was fantastic. That that's, that's, oh, you know, that was everything on your list, Andy. I'd, I'd come across and I put it aside because I thought just too too obvious. <laughs> but I'm glad I'm, because I was hoping somebody was going to pick these. So I almost had like two lists of like, well, here's the obvious ones. And if people don't pick them, I'm going to have to go to this list because all three of your picks are definitely ones that, yeah, they're just. I think classics. Pete, yeah, whatever. Your list is fine. Oh, come on. I like your list. At Pete. least no, give but, me two out of three. Okay. But see, no, Andy, what I appreciate is the the musical. You 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 connected that in there yes. and it wasn't part of our list. And you there's, you know, that between Chicago and there's even musical moments in yeah, Some Like It Hot. Some like yeah, it so no, thing is about music, music. You so. get a you get a little gold star today, Andy. It's for a, a list plus. Jeez. <laughs> list plus right. i like that oh well all right so here we are that brings us to this week's movie uh we are uh, talking about uh thoroughly modern uh no next week's no, movie no. we're talking yeah. about uh fantastic uh babs and funny girl what are we gonna do uh well uh you tell us pete what are we going to do i you know how <laughs> i feel I, about I that responsibility that uh i'm not crazy <laughs> about it uh, uh, doesn't this also take place in the twenties? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I think it's it's a Follies movie, right? I mean, and so it's a show. She's yeah, she's, a, she's it's a, aspiring right. to uh, find a place on the stage. It's also a movie that has this sort of B story of like gambling debt and uh, uh you know relationships that that come and break up and um there is but it's it's very much a i it's much more of a movie about like um i i'm going to be a big big star someday uh and i have a lot of movies that that fit that that vein in my head that i would very much like to talk about uh of the uh young person aspiring to greatness on stage uh and so um that's that's definitely one of the angles we could we could approach steve you have any thoughts because I haven't, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. So I was going to say, if you want to do movies with Bar- so Barbara Streisand movies where she's an aspiring star, is that what the list is? I don't think it has it to be Barbara Streisand. It doesn't have to be Barbara Streisand. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know. Because I was going to say, uh, what, Star is Born, right? She did that. So that, that would fit in there. You, I guess, you, I guess you, we you, could. You, it's- you could put, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm being ridiculous because we went from such a broad category let's go the exact 180 of like let's create the list that only has three movies that could possibly be in in it uh no i i like the idea of that sort of you know the young ambitious starlet type of story i think there's a lot of those out there across you know the the decades there should be plenty that we could uh 
create a couple of lists from. I bet Woody Allen's even done a film. <laughs> <about it. laughs> can we? So it can be. Can we just? Okay. So then that's the su- subset is lists that do not include Woody Allen movies. Is that how we're going to start branding this? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, young, let's say young person. Right. Yes. We're gonna. We're, we're, okay. So it could be. Yes. Okay. Male yeah. or female. Male or female. Male or female. There yeah. you go. Uh, so okay, um, a young person aspiring to greatness on stage or stage or screen. Stage or screen. I think that that gives us a broader. Yeah. yeah. I think that is uh, that is is broad enough, and not including including Woody Allen movies. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the standing rule for lists it's like if for trailers we have the a24 and red band rule for the list we have the woody allen rule we just and this no was woody this allen. was it this was the show that broke that uh that rule no more woody allen movies yeah i think so unbelievable <laughs> andy are you i say we give you at least i say we give you one more chance yeah because you didn't end up throwing bullets over broadway no. on if you threw oh. two in there then maybe oh, believe me that was on the list andy i almost did all three woody allen movies or we require Pete to always bring a Woody Allen movie. You can just do that. Oh, there so you Pete, go. Just one of your slots always does has to be Woody Allen. There you go. You, just, you have to find a Woody Allen movie to fit into your list, Pete. That's not that's including your Woody Allen movies, except for Pete, <laughs> <laughs> who has to. That's the best part of the list. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll we'll we'll Fantastic. figure that out. Uh, this was uh, this was fun, gents. I thanks for uh, as always for uh, uh, getting up early and uh, warming up the coffee. Uh, yes, thank you this guys. Was good fun, uh, and we'll get back to it. Thank you, everybody, uh, uh, Patreon subscribers, for supporting the show. We sure appreciate it. If you're listening to this, you are most likely a Patreon supporter of this very show. We sure appreciate your uh, uh, downloading and listening and time and attention. Hope you get some good dishwashing done today. And uh, until next week, uh, have a great week, guys. Ciao. See you later tonight. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.